that fresh wind is reminding you and me that you are redeemed. You are whole in the name of Jesus. You are healed in the name of Jesus. And here's the reality. Here's the reality is that I say amen to that all the time. But the reality is, watch this, is I really believe it. I'm going to say it again, because I really believe it. This is not a religious thing. It is a reality of the kingdom of God that God loves you. Amen? So here's what we need to do. Instead of crying out, God, heal me of. Say, Father, I receive the love of God that he sent his only son that was killed, murdered on the cross. He shed his blood for my sin. So today, I am saved. Also, he took stripes upon his back. And today, I am healed. Amen. Receive that today. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. You may be seated. Oh, man, I got a word for you today. We're continuing to talk about love conveyed. I've been in so much of my Bible, look, my Bible broke. But that's okay. It's still Scripture, and we're going to dive into it. Now, my message today is coming from a God who is pleased with this house. Is pleased with you. The anointing that refreshing is a reminder of the power of your salvation. I'll tell you what, in the end of August, beginning of September, I will begin a new series on grace. And we're going to learn absolutely who we are in Christ. It will take us about 10 weeks or so. There's so much on the grace of God. And we're going to move into this realm because, watch this, we have experienced it, we have proclaimed it, we are living it, and it's for the future. We have breakthrough that is happening. God is doing particular, powerful things in each one of us. God has taken us through some damaging things that we faced in this world and is restoring us. The refreshing is God is giving us new understanding, new uh, revelation of the things of the Lord and what he has done and who we are. So my message today, the enemy, uh, Holy Spirit showed me this a while ago, a few weeks ago, The enemy wants you to see the message today as corrective. It's not corrective at all. It is a truth that we are going to move into. It is a truth that we are going to understand today that is going to refresh our soul that we will understand fully, fully what God has done for us and his heart towards us. God's greatest desire. And we found out last week that his greatest desire is you, is me. That everything that he did was for you in creation. He created you so that he could love you, so that he could relate with you. And what we have understood is the love that is conveyed, the love that is absolutely just catapulted towards us is so real. But the body of Christ has not recognized it in fullness. 
And we must get to that place where when we face the difficulties of this world, when we face sickness that wants to uh, destroy our lives, we know that 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 is not God's plan. His covenant with you and me is so real, is so loving and so caring that he's there and he is expressing all of this to us so that we would know it. And when these things happen, we rise up and say, this isn't God's heart for me. I'm going to keep standing, and having done all to stand, I will continue to stand, because I will walk in this call of God that he has for me. Amen? The enemy is, has lied to the church, has deceived the church in a few areas, and one of the major areas is this deception that God love really won't work for you. And let me just say this to you. God's love conveyed to you was before you were born again. It was Ephesians chapter 1 given and, and conveyed to you before the foundation of this earth. <clears throat> so there's nothing you can do to mess it up because you weren't here yet to mess it up. And we have to get to that place of recognizing this revelation of the love of God. We described how this love produced the church and really what the church is. Church is about seeking the presence of God and allowing a connection with God every time we come together. That's church. So when we say we have church, it's because we've had connection with God. How many of you connected with God during this worship time? And this powerful? Amen. We've just scratched the surface too. Not because we're getting better in the way we sing and better songs. It's because we understand the love of God. And then we found out the opposite of that love is what Lucifer did, and Lucifer wanted to take that worship that he was designed and created to do in heaven. And he wanted part of that, and the moment he took that away for himself, he was cast out of heaven. And we found out that what God did, because this happened before man was created, and what we found out is that God then created you in his likeness and his image. And he switched from Lucifer to you to be the worship leaders. To be the ones that understand the fullness. Can you imagine Lucifer in heaven directing before he fell, directing worship and seeing literally God and his essence and his power. Can you imagine the worship, the love that was, was conveyed in worship? <clears throat> and you are the ones now. And how do you do that? Is by conveying that same love. Remember, likeness and image of God? That same love to God and to one another. Valley Community Church, God is pleased with you because you are doing this. You are growing, you are expressing your salvation in your soul is absolutely just continuing to grow in that knowledge of God and God's please. And when I teach on grace, I'm gonna show you God's prophetic word he's given to me for us, the church, in my teaching. Last week, we switched back to the love of God and, and how he conveyed that love to us and that love is conveyed that he loves you. God so loved the world that he gave. So we found love is giving. 
So we gave you two of the three truths regarding love conveyed, God's greatest desire. The first one we gave you last week was God made me from him. God spoke to himself to what he wanted me to come from. By doing so, I'm also sustained by God and will return to God. Amen. The second point that we covered last week was that God made me like him. And because we're made like him, that we have his same desires. That we have his same desires. God's greatest desire is relationship. And when he created and fashioned us, when he created Adam and fashioned Eve, Eve was Adam's desire because he's like God. He wants a relationship. God's greatest desire is you, for you to be his bride. I know that's a little weird for men to think of it that way, but the reality is, is you've got to understand that we are the bride of Christ, the church, connecting with God. At that time, no sin was in this world, and when he created Adam and Eve, and Everything was perfect. So the question that I want to move into and get to my third point is, what do you give someone who has everything? Adam and Eve, they had everything. You give them a companion. You give them a bride. Eve was someone to share his life with. And I want you to recognize this because in Ephesians 5, it correlates the relationship between a husband and wife and Christ in the church, the bride of Christ. And when you study that and you read that and you, you pray over that, you begin to understand the realities of relationship And what makes everything else amazing in your life is because you understand God's love conveyed to you. And then you then, in unique relationships, convey your love to one another. This brought us in this series to this thought of God's greatest desire. God wants to share his life with you. He's given you the ability, he's given you the anointing, he's given you the call, the specific purposes so that you can live this life in this anointing. That's why there's that refreshing that takes place all the time. That's why there's breakthrough that takes place all the time in our lives. But in particular, that I understand that the, the Satan had all just cast all hell out on this world and try to steal, kill, and destroy and literally try to shut down the church and all of these things. But God says, uh-uh, Mm-mm. no, nothing, because he's already defeated. It's only deception, church. And you need to understand that there are things that you are concerned about, that you're walking in fear about, that you're feeling Uh, It's not because there's anything wrong that you don't love God, but you truly don't recognize the fullness of God's love for you and who you are. You are a child of God. And you can walk in this victory. He wants to marry you. He wants to spend every day with you. That's why he started the church to have that connection. God created you with a will also because only a person with a will can love. Now I know the new things about artificial intelligence and everything, but let me just tell you, a robot can't love. If God created robots and programmed us having no will, that's not really true love. You could be told what to do But real love comes because you choose to love. 
That's why a man will get on his knee and propose to his bride because he humbles himself and gets lower than the person and says, I respect you, I love you, I want to spend the rest of my life with you. And that's what God did. Jesus, who is God, humbled himself and became flesh, became a baby. And he grew up perfect, perfect, no sin. And he died for you so that you can walk in that perfectness with God. See, if, if I didn't have a will, I wouldn't have a choice. I choose to convey my love to the Lord. You choose to love God. And that's what church is about. That's what God's plan, that's part of God's desire for us to relate with one another. No matter where you've been, no matter what you've done, no matter what you will do. Salvation. Sozo, the Greek word for saved, is past, present, and future. Now, let me just ask you a foolish question here or make a statement. You can't tie your wife to a chair and say to her, you have to love me. You know why? Because your wife is going to say, just untie me and I'll show you how much I love you. (laughs) So it's a will. God made me and you like him. So here's my third point to you I want to give to you. God made me to love, and then I'm going to add him. God made me to love him. He didn't take my will away, but he made me in that perfectness so that I have the ability to convey the same type of love back to him in worship. And you got to follow this. You, you have to understand this because a lot of times as a pastor of almost 45 years, close to that, actually it is 45 years, is people will constantly say, I want to do this, but you don't know where I've been, what I've done. Or literally what they're saying is, I really don't know who I am, so I don't know how to do that. I don't know how to love God. I don't know how to love my bride. I don't know how to love my spouse. See, God is love. We are love. I'm going to get weird here now. I I want you to understand this. You are love. If you're creating the image and likeness of God, God is love. You are love. You have every ability to not only convey worship to God, but respect and honor to one another. Everything that we are, I'll tell you what, that is my DNA. I will give honor to people even though they're dishonorable. Because I know how God expressed his love to me when I was dirty in sin. And because I'm creating this image or likeness, I have that same ability to do so, and that's why I do that. Now, you have Adam and Eve, that's a marriage. Then you have Jesus and the church or his bride. So remember, we are talking about worship in this love is always conveyed, all right? Satan's greatest desire is to be worshiped. Is that God's greatest desire to be worshiped? No, his greatest desire is to be loved. 
Worship is a part of it. I, I, don't you look at me and just start going off to the side. I'm going to be very doctrinal here, but I want to tell you, God's greatest desire is not to be worship. His greatest desire is to be love because he created love. And in that love, worship is conveyed. I'm letting that sink there, all right, because you gotta gotta let that be an anchor of some of the things I'm about to tell you. So God's greatest desire is for love and to be loved. Worship is a pathway to convey and or express our love for God. Worship is the pathway. Love is the substance. When I say to Terry, I love you, I say to her, there's no one else that I would rather spend the rest of my life with. I would die so that you could live. Jesus did that. I was conveying my love to my wife when I married her, Ephesians chapter 5, and God the Father conveyed that love to us by giving the Son, and he died for his bride. God is a giver. That's his nature. If you're created in the image and likeness of God, your nature needs to be a giver. I'm not saying, well, that's just not my call or that's not my purpose in life. No, that's who you are. And that's the struggle that we have sometimes. Um, You know, like with me, my mom used to always tell me, I was the youngest of three children, you're too smart for your britches because I, I just grasp things. I just, you know, you're too smart for your britches. Calm down, son. I'm the mom. You're the son. <laughs> Probably she said that a thousand times to me while I was growing up. But I, but I, I want you to, to, in that statement there, I, I want you to understand that Sometimes we get too smart for our own britches in our religious walk. And we need to humble ourselves in our spiritual walk with God. And we have to get to a place where we recognize God is greater. But we have the ability to relate to him. Because we are created as image and likeness, we have the ability to do that we are love, and from that, then worship needs to be a, a, a natural thing that exudes from us to convey that back to God, but all of us, our nature is giving. So don't let anybody tell you, well, you know, that's just not your gift. It's not your gift. It's who you are. It's your identity. You're a giver. And, and when people don't understand that, that's why they struggle in tithing. That's why they struggle in giving. That's why they struggle sometimes when people misuse them and say things wrong to them, they get their feelings hurt and they fall apart because they don't understand that no matter what, you are a giver and you give forgiveness. You give love in spite of people that are unlovable. And when you walk in that righteousness, God's righteousness, then you will begin to see the absolute sanctification of your life. I'm using terms. I'm I'm preparing you for the fall. But I'm telling you what, you're going to begin to see yourself move into a realm that you've never moved before and things that used to hinder you and stop you in your walk with God, in your life, in your finances, every area of your life, it will not stop anymore because you don't allow it. You walk in the power and the anointing and the refreshing of who you are in Christ. You're born again. You're loved of God. 
So God is a giver. That's his nature. My point is God cannot receive without giving. So if it comes in, it will go back out. What do I mean? God's nature is like the game called tag. If you touch him, he touches back. Tag, you're it. Nope, tag, you're it. Amen. You're running in life. You connect with God, tag, he tags you back. This is why This is why it's so important we make a connection with God when we go to church. This is why many of you that are watching online, that you make a connection with church. Make it a point. If you're watching online, I I get it, I understand. But if you're watching online, don't in the middle of the message or the middle of the worship, go get a Coke. Go get another cup of coffee. Stay there. Connect with God. If you're embarrassed to sing because you... You can't sing very well, and your wife is standing next to you or sitting next to you and your children, then just raise your hand and worship the Lord. There's so many things that want to hinder our, let me say, our conveyance of love to God. And we need to align ourselves up into this realm and begin to walk in kingdom connection whether we are in the marketplace or whether we're in the church. The kingdom connection. Luke chapter 8, verse 43, 48. I'm just going to read this real quickly. Remember when uh, you come and you connect with God, it says this. Now there was a woman who had been suffering from hemorrhages for 12 years. Though she had spent all she had on a physician, no one could cure her. She came up behind Jesus and touched the fringe of his clothes, and immediately her hemorrhage stopped. She wasn't healed until she reached and touched him. She wasn't healed until she reached out and touched him. Connection. The the real goal of of this series is, is, is to get you to a place in your life that every day you're reminded by your spirit, because you know it, it's revelation, and reminded of the Holy Spirit that you connect with God, that you, you take time. Listen, I love to play sports. I love to go work out. I love to hang out with people, love to laugh, cry at times with people. Uh, I just texted uh, Yogi's daughter this morning and took a picture of Yogi years back, and I said, I still remember Love you and your family, still praying for you. See, it, it's that expression, it's that, that giving, that, that reality of, of, of what we do is we reach out and we touch people. I know there's a commercial, reach out and touch somebody. But we're talking about the kingdom of God. Some people say, well, I didn't get anything out of the service. Let me tell you why, because you didn't give anything. Amen. Remember, it's not a corrective. This is God pleased. And I'm just trying to remind you when you go out and you minister to people is that you remind them of that. When they tell you things, and you hear it all the time, you know, I'll go to church and I don't really get anything, or God, I prayed and I didn't get an answer from God and, and all these things. They didn't reach out and touch God. They just reached out and begged for something for themselves. They weren't givers. They didn't express love. They didn't worship. But they want something from God because the church told them God would give it to them. Well, I'm trying to tell you is that you're created in his image and likeness. You are love. Your DNA is honor and giving. And that's what you do. And when you do that, I promise you, now, there's going to be people out there that, you know, you don't do things to, so, so people will return back to you things. But you honor others in this world, and when you do that, God sees it, and he honors you. 
I'd rather have God honor me than man. Amen? Hmm. All right. Immediately, God will give you something back. If you will touch God in worship, he will touch you in worship. How many of you got touched in worship by God? Amen, hallelujah. So if you touch God in prayer, he will touch you in prayer. How many times have you prayed and waited till next week for it to happen? Why don't you let God touch you right there? And sometimes his touch will be giving you direction of your next step. When you shout to the Lord, I love you. You know what God's going to do? <laughs> I love you back. My spiritual father, and I say it quite a bit, uh, he, he would say, I love you more. And I think that's what God would say. You know, you're, you're growing in this thing. You're learning more about this. But God said, I love you more. And you know how God shows his love? For God so loved the world that he does what? He gives. Amen. So God gives to you, you give back to him in worship. You're faithful to church. You're, you're faithful in giving. You're faithful in all these things. Why? It's because you understand who you are. And you understand God's greatest desire. to be loved. And guess what? You know what your greatest desire is? To be loved. Yep. Hmm. If you say, Father God, I would die for you, you know what he'll say to you? My son already did that. He died so you could live. I would take a bullet for Terry. Not because I'm this guy, you know, strong guy or whatever. I'd take a bullet for my wife so she would live. I would sacrifice everything that God's planned for me so that my wife could live out her plan. And let me tell you, I am so imperfect. I have to ask God and Terry all the time, forgive me for being imperfect. But the reality is it's a passion of the heart because that's who I am. God's greatest desire is to be loved and he's given that to ourselves too. So again, worship is simply conveying our love to the one we are married to, Jesus Christ. Your life and my life we'll be at a whole new level when we understand that. Now, let me just take you now on, on a little bit different journey, and I'm gonna give you a lot of scripture. Normally, I read scripture all the time. I give you scripture all the time, but I'm gonna read you a lot. I'm gonna show you God's greatest desire. It's all through the Bible. Reading through the Bible every year, I began to see what I'm teaching, and I began to experience in my own personal life what I'm teaching you. I also saw a phrase, in my opinion, I think is the most repeated phrase in the Bible. I'll call it, and let's put it this way, I'll call it the code of the Bible. This is the absolute proclaimed code of the Bible, but to many believers and the world, it's a secret code. And I'm going to give you the code of absolute freedom in your walk with God. This is God. This is heart cry throughout the Bible. Exodus 6, 7, I will take you as my people and I will be your God. Leviticus 26, 12, I will walk among you and be your God and you shall be my people. Jeremiah 7, 23. But this is what I command them, saying, Obey my voice, and I will be your God, and you shall be my people. Jeremiah eleven four. So shall you be my people, and I will be your God. 
Jeremiah 24, 7 speaks of the new covenant. Then I will give them a heart to know me, that I am the Lord, and they shall be my people, and I will be their God. Jeremiah 30, 22, you shall be my people, and I will be your God. Jeremiah 31, 33, I will be their God, and they shall be my people. Ezekiel eleven twenty, that they may walk in my statutes and keep my judgments and do them, and they shall be my people, and I will be their God. Ezekiel fourteen eleven, that the house of Israel may no longer stray from me, nor be profaned any more with all their transgressions, but that they may be my people and I may be their God, says the Lord God. Ezekiel 36, 28, then you shall dwell in the, in the land that I gave to your fathers. You shall be my people and I will be your God. Ezekiel 37, 23, they shall not defile themselves anymore with their idols, nor will their detestable things nor with any of the transgressions. But I will deliver them from all their dwelling places in which they have sinned, and I will cleanse them. Then they shall be my people, and I will be their God. Ezekiel thirty-seven twenty-seven. My tabernacle also shall be with them. Indeed, I will be their God, and they shall be my people. Hosea two twenty-three. speaking to Gentiles, us. Then I will say to those who were not my people, you are my people, and they shall say, you are my God. Zechariah 8.8, 8, speaking to, Jesus, to uh, the Jews. I will bring them back, and they shall dwell in the midst of Jerusalem. They shall be my people, and I will be their God. Zechariah 13.9, they will call on my name, and I will answer them. I will say, this is my people, and each one of them will say, the Lord is my God. 2 Corinthians 6.16, I will dwell in them and walk among them. I will be their God, and they shall be my people. I'm not done yet. Hebrews 8.10, for this is a covenant that I will make with the house of Israel after those days, says the Lord. I will put my laws in their mind and write them on their hearts, and I will be their God, and they shall be my people. Revelation 21, verse 1 through 3, now I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the first heaven and the first earth had passed away. Also, there, there was no more sea. Then I, John, saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from heaven saying, Behold, the tabernacle of God is with men, and he will dwell with them, and they shall be his people. God himself will be with them and be their God. Did you get it? That's the God that you and I serve. That's the God that created you. That's the God that created relationships. That's the God that conveyed his love to the world before the world knew him. God's greatest desire comes from love. Your greatest desire will be from the love that you are. Worship. It is the tool of absolute conveyance, expression, proclamation of the love of God that is in you, that you are, that you express back to God because you are a giver. You are the one. You are the one that's anointed with all power to break through demonic influence and forces to absolutely bring restoration and breakthrough to every area of life in your life and in everybody around you. Because remember, not about me. Not about you. It's about him and the expression of that love. Hmm. He wants to marry you and live Disney happy ever after. He's worked out all the details 
It's called grace. I can't wait. Matter of fact, I'm so excited about it that I'm sending it to all the pastors that use our notes to preach sermons to their congregations before I even preach it to you. So if you hear it preached, and all you have to do is simply say yes. Remember my normal statement, you don't have to get gooder at it. Just need to simply say yes. Yes to what? Not yes to what you like, not yes to your will, but yes to what God's greatest desire is, and that's you. You say yes to that, and then you express it back because your DNA is giving. You give it back. It's a continuum. It constantly, back and forth, back and forth. But God's done it. He's done it all. There's, there's nothing you have to do except yes, and then begin to live that lifestyle. We become his bride. And love produces even more. All of our sins are washed away. Removed from us as far as the east is from the west. That's what God did. If you confess Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior of your life, that's what God did. That's your past. It's a done deal. And now you're present. You continue to grow in this lifestyle that you now know who you are. Because you know God's greatest desire, it has become your greatest desire of conveying your love to the Lord. And from that, everything else begins to come in line. From work, from relationships, from situations, attacks of the enemy, blessings of God, everything, finances, everything gets in line. Why? Because you, you got the reality of the kingdom. God so loved you, so now you so love him. I'm telling you what, he also puts a new heart within you, and he puts a new spirit. He writes his laws on your mind and your heart and gives you the ability to walk with him as his bride. That's what he does. Again, God's greatest desire is you. And let me remind you, and we'll continue next week in another subject of this love conveyed. Worship is one of, if not the main pathway to convey our love toward him. Worship. I make a proclamation to you that there is going to be a greater freedom of worship in this house. And it begins with our worship leaders of conveying the love of God towards God in worship and honoring you by preparing what God has prepared in this house in our worship area. I proclaim to you that when we have worship nights, there will be songs written, new songs, newer songs. We already have. Um, I'm old, so I'll just say albums of worship. Amen. I wanted to grab a hold of anybody that was sleeping. And there's going to be a wave of worship that's going to permeate this house, the house you live in, and your life.
and you will begin to see the realities of the kingdom expressed by God. Because remember, when you convey it to him, what does he do? He immediately conveys it back to you. Can we all stand, please? Allow me to do this. Cover the baby's ears. God loves you. I'm telling you what God just said. What do you do? I love you, God. Amen. It's better than a home run. Better than a touchdown. Played hockey, better than a goal. Amen. God loves you. Man, I'm feeling the expression, the conveyance of God right now. Some of you, some of you are just, you've walked around Hear my heart, loving Jesus. But you just didn't get it. You're wonderful. You're amazing. God's pleased with us. But you know what he's doing? He's saying, come on. Come on. Let's be a choir. Let's be a chorus. Let's begin to sing and shout our love to God. I love God. Amen? God loves me. If you're here or if you're watching online, if you're listening, podcast, and if you don't know Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, the Bible says, believe in your heart, confess with your mouth, Jesus is Lord. It says, you shall be saved. And I say to you now, go ahead and do this. I'm going to pause for about 10 seconds. Just go ahead. If that's you, you just confess Jesus Christ is Lord. And if you've done that, let us know. But here's my statement to you. I want you to know God loved you before you did that. God loved you before you did that. God made a way through his son because of his love. His greatest desire is his love. When we leave here, church family, when you turn your TV to the football game or baseball game. Understand this. Remember, it's not corrective. This is not a game. This is eternity. This is eternal life. How do you want to live it? I'll tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to teach you what God says. I'm going to convey his love to you through teaching the word of God. And everybody that teaches the word here is going to do the same. But I'm going to ask you, understand it. I'm going to ask you to get this. And I'm going to ask you to explain it to others. Explain it at church. Explain it out in the courtyard. Explain it in your home. Explain it to yourself. Explain it on the job. Be the best worker that workplace has. Don't take away from your boss work, but explain it. 
to your coworkers and do it out of love. From there, <laughs> you know what's going to happen? There's going to be an explosion of breakthrough everywhere you go. That's God's plan. This afternoon at 2 o'clock, we have our Spanish service. This evening at 6, we have our Bible studies, the youth, children next door. Let me just say, my wife gets up here. Isn't she beautiful? You can say that. She's beautiful. But her and her team, some of them were over at my house last yesterday, and they had a meal and just good time, brought their kids over, went swimming, all the different things. She has the greatest team there. They need you to come under them and honor them by inviting all your cousins and nephews and nieces, grandchildren to come and be a part of this. Remember, it's free, but you got to sign up. It's so important. VFAM, we're going to have just an amazing time together as a family. Be a part of that. Come together because you know who you are now. Be the church. Connect with God. How you connect with God, you're connecting with others who connect with God. And you're lifted up. I'm going to let you go. God bless you. I love you. Have a great afternoon.